coming at you from the Hey Yo Studios. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. Here are your hosts, D and Z. Coming at you live from AO Studio. Hey, yo. It's the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D, and we've got a special show for you on a Saturday evening. We usually do the Saturday morning. We usually do the, the, the Wednesday night, but this is usually special. This is special. We usually do a lot of things. We're breaking traditions here. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday. Let's let's do this. So we got. Uh, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl rematch. Matt. Canada finally gets fired, and the Lions seem to falling apart. But we we'll begin today's show with the Black Friday bargains, not the deals on electronics that start fights at Walmart's, but rather the Jets, their whole deal after selling their souls to Aaron Rodgers and mercifully benching Zach Wilson. The Jets turn Tim Boyle for their in division matchup against the Dolphins which resulted in the failed Mary, or is that what we're going to call it? We're going to call the, they had the butt fumble. They they just, they're just not meant for prime time uh, around a holiday. That's what I got. So Z, what did you think about the Dolphins against the Jets and just the disaster that is the New York Jets? I mean, if you were going to be, if we were Tony and Mike and we were playing What's the Word, you know, my word would be expected. It would be absolutely expected. What do you expect from a guy in Tim Boyle who was terrible in college, (laughs) terrible in the pros, and basically he's there to carry Aaron Rodgers' water? Like, what do you expect? 27-38, 179, a touchdown, which... Frankly, you know, it was a little bit of a garbage, garbage time touchdown. Garrett Wilson's first touchdown since week two, by the way. And the Jets' first touchdown, and I can't even remember last time they scored a touchdown. And it was the wrong read. It was the wrong read. It was. (laughs) You saw that? The other dude was wide open. (laughs) The tight end is doing jumping jacks. I wasn't even talking about the tight end. Gibson was open too. He was 82, (laughs) was open on the left hand side with nobody around him. Nobody. It's the wrong read. Completely the wrong, but you're trying to force feed Garrett Wilson because you don't want him to. to, You want him to shut up, right? Yeah, sure. But again, what if. if you have a quarterback, what the actual sure, fuck? Yes, like I'm trying to be very tempered in my edge. You know, I'm trying not to raise my blood pressure. I've, I've been eating a lot of rich foods that I'm not used to eating, and I'm already kind of like on the cusp right now. Like I don't need to like go through the roof. But your game plan—I just want to make sure I got this right. Your game plan was to feature Tim Boyle. I just want to, I just, you know, I, I just want to make sure I got this right. Like you have a guy that you're unsure of, who's not that good, and we want him slinging the rock. That's the plan. I understand you got out from, you got out, you know, from behind early. I understand that. I understand Greg Zerline didn't help by missing the extra point. 
on the pick six. Good job, Greg. But what's the point of having this vaunted two-headed monster, a monster of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, if they're only going to get eight fucking carries? Can you explain that to me? Maybe maybe I just don't see Nathaniel Hackett's vision. But seven carries for 25 yards. That's what Brees Hall got. Dalvin Cook got one for two. One for two yards. Dalvin Cook, two receptions for 19 yards. Seven receptions for 24 yards for Brees Brees Hall. That's it. That's your production out of the uh, the running game. They're just, they set this kid up to fail. This kid, you know, whatever. He's a grown-ass man. But this game plan was flawed. It's indicative of what's been happening all year. And now the defense is breaking. At least in recent weeks, in recent vintages, yeah, Zach Wilson has been great. But the defense is hung in there. Now the defense, the, the dam broke. The dam absolutely broke. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot to uncover here. I mean, we've been talking about it for for weeks now. Why 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 is Zach Wilson getting benched now? Mm-hmm. And why is he demoted to two? Why isn't he? Why is he demoted to three? He's not even the number two quarterback. He's the number three quarterback. So, has Zach Wilson thrown his last pass as a New York Jet? He has to, right? Uh, unless just, both of these guys get injured. But the, but why now? Why wait until Black Friday, first Black Friday game in history, division opponent? Why now? I'm fine with it, but why now? That's my only question. And why is it Tim Boyle? I, from what I understand, Tim Boyle's only here because he knows the he knows his offense. But if you look from week to week, I mean. Regardless if Tim Boyle's the quarterback or Zach Wilson's the quarterback, the numbers haven't changed. Against the Bills, 150, it was 92 yards passing. Against the Dolphins, is 159. It was 130 yards passing. Well, let's let's also take into account that the friggin' offensive line was Swiss cheese. Tim Boyle got sacked seven times. But how could we? But how could we be? How could we really believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back when this line is just terrible? But this is the thing. This is exactly what you got sold on. This is what you got snowed on. <laughs> if you're Joe, Woody, and Robert, right? You got snowed by Aaron Rodgers that, oh, it's the system. It's not the system. How many times do you need to see it with different quarterbacks for you to realize that it's this it's the quarterback making the system, not the I, other way I around. Just, I think we it's, saw I, it with Russ last year too. But see, I think it's all of it, right? It's all of it. It's not it's not just that like look at look at McDaniel's offense yes on, on Thursday on Friday, yesterday. Yeah. Tua drops back, hits his plants his back foot, delivers the football. Yeah. Like delivers it with confidence to an open receiver. <laughs> that never happens in this Hackett system. Now, whether it's the guy isn't open, there's an offensive holding, there's the wrong read, there is I'm scared to get hit, the line fold, like there's oh there's something wrong, right? And that's the problem. Is it's, it's Alan Lazard was a healthy scratch yesterday. This was the big wide receiver they signed in the offseason. 
and he's a healthy scratch. Randall Cobb doesn't play. It's it's across the board. It's not just one thing. Robert Sala, if I'm not mistaken, is like 15 and 30 as a head coach now. We got people like Matt Canada getting fired. We've got we've got people like Jack Del Rio getting fired. Then you got you got LaFleur over in Green Bay beating the Detroit Lions. Trying to he, he's trying to keep his job. Oh, we'll get to that. I just we'll don't I don't I don't get it, man. I mean how how is this week after week they're just trotting this garbage out there? And now when Robert Sala was asked about the draft and asked about Zach Wilson, his response was, I told Joe how I felt about the draft and the quarterback position. What? 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 You told Joe what you felt about the draft and the quarterback position? That's your response now? First it was, I plead the fifth. Now you're saying, well, no. I told him about the quarterback position. I told him about the draft. Whoa. Okay, I'm glad buddy. you mentioned the plead the fifth. This guy can't handle the fucking Okay. Conference. Okay. So now we're going we're gonna to throw Joe D under the bus? That's fine. But somebody's got to be responsible for this. You coach to the players you have. It's like at the end of the first quarter, it was 3 nothing. Then they throw a pick six. You miss the extra point. Mm-hmm. Then you get in first downs, getting called back because offensive holding. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just a poorly run team from top to bottom. And Aaron Rodgers wants to come back and play for this. Meanwhile, another player tore his Achilles uh, on on Friday on that turf. Yeah. And you want to bring this guy back? So for what? Is Alan Lazar going to start in that game? Like, I just... It's just... I don't get it. I don't really get it. I don't you, hit get the it. Hell, you hit the nail right on the head. Who's running this thing? Who's, who's running this running thing? It? Who who hired this crew, as who, Kermit Frog would say? Or who's, who's making these this decisions? Team? I will tell you. Number eight. Yeah, must be. It, it because if, be. if he's not, everybody would have lost their job by now. Yeah. They are... It is the worst third down offense in the history of the National Football League. Last, the last game, not the game against the Dolphins, the week before, if my stats were right, I believe they were one for 12 on third downs. Idiots. They can't convert a third down. They're out there running screens. They're running screens on third and long. When they haven't even tried to run the football yet, what are they respecting? Then, wait, you get you you pick off Tua before you get into the half. You throw a hail mary from your own forty, oh. and that gets returned ninety nine yards for a touchdown. Shit, just just go home and like, go home at halftime. Are you kidding me? Are you that, kidding me? That looked like the Deshaun Jackson play. If you were, if you recall. When the Giants illy, ill-conceivedly punted to Deshaun Jackson, and he just carved them up. Oh yeah, it, I remember it, that. It, yeah, I remember that. That's the thing. This hail mary looked like a punt return. 
And, and the worst part was Garrett Wilson is the guy who's chasing down the cornerback all the way to the other end zone. Where the fuck is everybody else? People are making business decisions. Where is everybody else, man? I just listen. It just gets worse and worse. And it's just like, so what? You're going to bring Aaron Rodgers back in two weeks so he can tear his ACL and then be done for his career? Then it what? Makes, it makes absolutely But no I sense. think we all, we, we, Zach Wilson's definitely not coming back next year, right? That's not possible. Nope. He'll be a new backup quarterback, right? Gotta yeah. be. Whatever. But anyway. But, you know, look at this. I, I just want to, like, I just want to point out at the end of the game in victory formation, who is the guy that took the name? No, was it was it white? Mike Effin White. That's awesome. I was actually hoping he was gonna get in the game in like the third like once they were up, I think it was they were up uh, I wanna say like twenty-seven to twenty-seven thirteen, I believe. And I was like, alright, it's time to bring in Mike White. Like get get everybody out and bring in Mike White. Like and that's the other thing. Uh Gardner getting blown by. <coughs> like bl- like where where are you? Reed getting cut up by Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, well, here you go. They got gashed. They got gashed on the ground, man. Miami had over 150 yards rushing. Like, you're not stopping anybody. You're not scoring. There's, it's you literally. All you could do at the end of the game is like, man. Like you're looking at the stats. You didn't do anything good. When I got in today, I pulled my parking my car into the perfect parking spot. It's literally the, the only thing any player could say about that game. It's like, yeah, I parked my car pretty good when I got here. But there's nothing else you could take pride in in that game on Friday. 17 receptions, 216 yards. Waddle and Hill. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Two or through for 243 yards. Yeah. Torched. Absolutely torched. And you know what? The defense... You need to be accountable. Just as much as the offense is, now it's time for the defense to kind of own up to the fact that they got ready. They got absolutely torched. I don't want to hear that Sauce Gardner is the best cover corner. I don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear anything. Everybody needs to go. Everybody. Tell Aaron he can go too. Everyone's eyeing up that next year the Jets are playing the NFC North in the end and they're going to have a road game in Green Bay. Who gives a shit? I don't want to see. I don't care. No. So you see, jo- Jordan Love has actually played the last two games really good, but we'll talk about them later. But yeah. And here's the thing. My question to you before we move on to the next topic. Yeah. Everybody's like on the jock of Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator of the Lions. If I'm the Jets and I'm cleaning house, I want a veteran coach. Like, you tried the... It, it, it has you know, not yeah, worked. They don't do that, man. They no, do they that. don't. I mean, they, they brought in Adam Gates. That was a veteran coach. Bowles. No, he's not. No, Z, no, he's Bowles. not. Oh, he's a veteran coach. Oh, because he coached the Dolphins for two years? Yeah, exactly. Oh, so okay. All right. You, you brought in Gates. You brought, I mean, you, Bowles was a first hire. Mangini was a first hire. Rex was a, a first hire. Yeah, they like, like the first-time hires. They like the Herman Edwards was a first-timer. They love giving guys their first shot. They love that shit. Here's the yeah. problem, though. Like, if you're in, if you're truly in this win now mode, like people claim you are, you need a real competent head coach. Look they at fired Hackett. They brought in Peyton, and you automatically see. Yeah. Like, it started out rocky. 
Yeah, but, but the they're, they've got are it. Actually improving. Yeah, and they got rid of all their trash. They got rid of their trash players like Gregory and Clark. They're like, yo, we don't need you. We got young guys here that want to play. Get out. And they're playing better defense. They're playing better football. And Ru- listen, Ru- Russ is actually having a good year, like a good season. His numbers are good. His numbers are good, and they're getting quality wins. And look, the Jets could have hired Mike McCarthy, yeah. and they decided to punt on him. And he's got Dallas. He's calling the plays now in Dallas, and he's has them playing very good. They get what they deserve. I don't feel bad for the Jets. They don't. Just Woody just cheats out at the worst. I don't know. I don't know if it's Woody. I don't know what it is. You know, it's just they they just have a loser mentality. That's the only way I can cut it. It's the only thing I can think of. There's no reason why this guy should still have a job. (laughs) No, I mean you're 15 and 30, bro. You're failing. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, Hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Let's backtrack a little bit from Friday. Let's look at Thursday. The John Madden Thanksgiving has come and gone, and there were some predictable results. The Cowboys destroyed the Commies in the second play camp. The Niners took care of business against the Seahawks and the Nightcats. But in a bit of a twist, the Packers jumped on the Lions early and did not let up. Despite it being a one-score game, the Lions were played by turnovers, sloppy plays, and over-aggressiveness on fourth down. Did the Lions just open the door for the Vikings and Packers to catch them in the NFC North? I think so. I think so. Like, love... Love is on, is having. I know this is what year two or year three for him, but he's having that like typical rookie season, right? Like he's up and he's down. He does good things, he does bad things. Like he's he, he's showing like this is all a tryout for him. Like they're trying to figure out like, dude, are you the guy? Are you not the guy? But I think he's doing a, a damn good job. And the Vikings, a team who lost their quarterback to an Achilles about a month ago, went out and said, you know what? We're not going to just sit on this. We're not going to wait for Kirk Cousins to come back next year. We're going to go out and get a quarterback today. Josh Dobbs, you're hired. Uh, Jefferson, back in three weeks. We're, we're, we want to win games. And look, it's showing it's showing promise. Like, I do. I think they have a chance. I think that division is up for grabs. I think everybody everybody has a shot. And I do think the door is open, and the like, the, the Lions got to get their shit together because they have a lot of division games left. And they're good, but, you know, you come down to the end of the year, 
anything can happen. The, 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 I know Chicago's not playing, is not winning games, but they were playing well. They played tough. They played tough this weekend. So yeah, I think the I think the door is open. Anything can happen in the North. It's something that needs to be addressed because Jared Goff, while he had a great game passing, if you look at the numbers, right, the, the numbers look great. The fumbles, that's a problem. Yeah. He not only not only fumbled three times, but he lost them all. <laughs> so you got to hold on to the ball if you're Jared Goff. You have to protect him if you're the offensive line. The defense cannot get shredded like they did. Like This is a blueprint on how to beat the Lions. And Dan Campbell, 0 for 5 on 4th down. Stop going for it every fucking time. This is the Brandon Staley playbook, right? Like, come on now. Like, oh, There's aggressive and they're stupid. You don't need to go for it on 4th down five fucking times. <laughs> and you converted none. None. Absolute none. So there's aggressive and they're stupid. And I think sometimes they veer into the stupid territory. But, I mean, the, the Lions are the most complete team in that division. But the Packers had a hell of a game. You know, Jordan Love came in, did what he needed to do. 22-32, 268, three touches. Good. They didn't have Aaron Jones. So A.J. Dillon, 14 for 43. Not the best rushing performance, but, you know, Jordan Love was there to kind of bolster, kind of booty that. And they got some perform- They got some, some from others. You know, some performances from like Jalen Reed, Jaden Reed and Patrick Taylor. They, they got chipped. They, they got uh, some chipping. Christian Watson. Okay. On to something. Five for 94 and a touchdown. Five receptions on seven targets. That's pretty good. You know, while... Helen Lazard is not playing. Ugh. You're going to have Christian Wilson kind of come in and step in and do what he needs to do. The other guys are going to need to pick it up. You know, because not every, nobody's really like shining right now. Watson is definitely like had a great game, and then everybody else had a eh, not a not so great. And they also lost their running back. I mean. Yeah. What's his face wasn't able to. Uh, Aaron Jones wasn't able Aaron to Jones. play. He's not. Exactly. He's, and they're they're hanging in there. They're fighting. Shot. And his, and 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 loves loves line looked good from the game. Yeah, he no, looked good. Lo- yeah, he looked good. Absolutely, it, it did look good. Then you had you know the the key the critical fumble return for the touchdown by Jonathan Owens. That was bad. Like, yeah. Yeah, they were on him. They were on. Jared they came Jones. to play. They came to play. They they they, they had a home game. And they were trying to get, I believe they were getting revenge for earlier in the season, right? I'm sure the Lions took care of the Packers earlier in the season. So they were, they ran back at them. But we, we'd we be remiss if we didn't talk about the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night. Uh, the Eagles took their revenge on the Chiefs going into Arrowhead and beating them 21-17. A key drop by MVS, a fumble by Kelsey, an end zone pick by Mahones, by Kevin Bird, Byard, sealed the Chiefs' fate. After the game, Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni was caught on video screaming smack at Chiefs fans as they exited. Just another regular season win, sure. But what stood out more to you, Philly's win, Kansas City's glaring issues at wideout, or 
Sirianni's post-game clown show? Well, they don't even need to have Jalen Hurts to have a great game, right? Because he only threw for 150 yards and had a pick. Yeah. He did not have a he did not have a passing touchdown. He had two rushing touchdowns, but you know, as it is with the oil check, like that's bound to happen. DeAndre Swift had a really good game too, 12 for 76 in the touchdown. In that system, that's really good for what you want to do. Devontae Smith showed up. He didn't get in the end zone, but he had almost 100 yards of receiving. It's a glaring issue, right? If the Chiefs had an aspiration to get back to the Super Bowl and possibly play the Eagles in a rubber match, your receivers need to catch the ball. Travis Kelsey cannot be the guy. He is the guy, but he shouldn't be the only guy. And he cannot be fumbling. Ball security is now an issue. Because I think that's a couple weeks now that he is at a key turnover. When your leading receiver is Justin Watson, you have a problem. 5 for 53 in a touchdown on 11 targets. So 11 targets. He got far and away the most targets. Rice, 4 for 42. Hardman, the exact wizards are from the Jets. 2 for 12. Kadarius Tony's hurt. Shocker. Here's my, my shock face that Kadarius Tony's hurt. Sky Moore, where were you? Two targets, one catch. MVS. The Gooset. Three targets, no catches, no yards. That was in his hands. He should have caught that. If you get your hand on it, Randy Moss once said, you get your hand on it, you catch it. And if you don't catch it, that's on you. And I don't see how Patrick Mahomes could have thrown that ball any better with what he was dealing with. So, the Eagles are a valiant, valiant team. They are exactly what they need to be. They came from behind and they took it from the Chiefs. And the Chiefs have a major issue with their offense now. It's now, it's official. They really have an issue with their offense. But just, Sirianni's a fucking clown. I'm sorry. (laughs) But Coach Screech is just, he's a fucking clown. He's a sideshow. Your team is good enough without you pulling the bullshit. Why are you yelling at fans? Why do you have such thin skin and why do you have such rabbit ears? This shows me that he's the kind of guy. Like, that kind of mentality doesn't win. He's not a winner. He's only going to go as far as his players take it. Like, that is absolutely asinine behavior from the guy who's supposed to be running the on-field for a team. And yeah, I mean, mindset and all that, attitude, the players will pick up on that. But you look like a clown, and everybody's now going to gear up a little bit more just to watch you lose and watch you cry like you cried in the Super Bowl. So you got to dial it back a little bit. I understand you want to win and all, and competitive nature and all that. 
dial that shit back because it's only going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. The way I feel about the games, like, MVS is MVS, man. I mean, he was dropping passes when Aaron Rodgers was throwing him the ball. Like, it's, it's no surprise that this is who he is. The Chiefs made a decision that they were going to move forward without three kill. I actually like Rasheed, Rasheed Rice. I think he he should get more opportunities. It's just that I think I don't think he's as fast as MBS, which is why they don't they don't send him deep. He's more of a possession receiver. Um it really would pretty much what Juju Smith Schuster was doing last year. But they missed Juju. Yeah, but if you look at the numbers, Z, I mean to me, my opinion is that there were adjustments made at halftime on both sides. And the adjustments made on the Eagles side were better because the Chiefs were shut out in the second half. Eagles scored two touchdowns in the second half. And that's really the difference in the game. Because if you look at all the other stats, the Chiefs beat them in everything. They beat them in total yards. They beat them in passing yards. They beat them in rushing yards. They beat them in yards for play. They beat them in first downs. They beat them in third down efficiency. They beat them in fourth down efficiency. They beat them in total plays. They only allowed one sack. They punted less. They had they had less penalty yards. So, you know, they the Chiefs did everything they could to win the game. It's just that, I, in my opinion, the halftime adjustments were made. I'm not really a big Matt Nagy fan, so I'm going to stick it on him and say he didn't make any adjustments at halftime. Yeah, Travis fumbled and, you know, MBS dropped a touchdown. But those are two plays. There were other plays that were missed. There were other there were other opportunities that were out there that were not cashed in on. And I don't really think the Eagles played a great game, but the Eagles are a complete team, right? I think I think we could both agree to that, where they don't have guys that are gonna drop the ball. They don't have guys that are gonna fumble. And they've got a defense that plays four quarters. And I know you don't like Sirianni, and yeah, he probably is a joke, but he's he's coaching a, a, a fine-tuned machine right now. Uh, Roseman put together a very good team for him, and he's not fucking it up. They would have had the same success if they kept Doug Peterson. I can argue mm. that, and I, I would say that with a degree of certainty in, in my mind. That they, if they kept Doug Peterson, they would still have the same result. I don't know if Doug could coach to Jalen Hurst's strengths. I'm not so certain that offense would be just as good under Peterson. That's the only thing I'm thinking. Because I see him struggle with the Jaguars, and they the Jaguars are super talented, and they shouldn't be struggling with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's pretty bad over there, Jacksonville, right now. So I don't know about that. Because I would argue that Trevor Lawrence is a better passer than Jalen Hurts, and we don't we don't really talk about Trevor Lawrence at all, ever. No, we don't, but who was that Eagles offense made for when they went to the Super Bowl? It was made for Carson Wentz. And Carson Wentz, at that time, was closer to Jalen Hurts than he is to... you talking about when they won the Super Bowl? I'm talking about when they won it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and 
Carson Wentz was in the fucking MVP discussion. Now the dude's like a third stringer. Yeah, I I would argue I would argue that I would argue that Carson Wentz had a better second year than Jalen Hurts. I would, which is fair. That's could absolutely argue, fair. Could argue you know that what? he was a he was a better player before he got hurt. He really was. He oh was God. a remarkable no, it, player it, it, before he got hurt. It is that the injury drop off is huge. Just, yeah, that, that injury changed his life for forever. <laughs> but I gotta say, in terms of physicality, in terms of running ability, in terms of passing, Jalen Hurts is more on par with Carson Wentz from the that other. Year. The other thing I with Sirianni is he he lets his coordinators coach. Like he's more of the the hardball type, where it's like you know we got a D coordinator, offense coordinator. We all come up with the game plan and the scheme, and, I, and you know he just makes the big decisions. I mean, he's got a he's got a right to Z. He's got a right to pump his chest out. They went down to Kansas City, they beat the defending champs, they got revenge for the Super Bowl. They're nine and one. Have at it, Haas. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads, Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood. And last, but certainly not least, there was a major and long overdue coaching change in Pittsburgh. After seemingly endless fan protests, player frustrations, and kicker callouts, the Steelers finally fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada after their 13-10 loss to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. The offense has struggled mightily all season, barely moving the ball on the ground or in the air and posting negative point differential. The defense has been stellar all season, but it's fair to wonder if they're starting to show signs of wear. Despite the struggles, the Steelers hold the playoff spot. Will replacing Canada be the needed spark or is this just a flawed group that's just not good enough? And now you hear the Minka Fitzpatrick, Deontay Johnson fight. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of personalities in that locker room that Coach Tomlin needs to deal with. But I think that the straw that broke the camel's back was Matt Canada screaming at Kenny Pickett for audibling out of a play that ultimately resulted in a touchdown. So Kenny Pickett audibling at the line of scrimmage made Matt Canada so furious. <laughs> Not so, and you coach players in order to do that. If they see, if they make a read, and if they see something, you check out of the play that's going to result in a negative. Like that's what coaching is. In that moment, it shows you all you need to know about Matt Canada. He's here for his offense. Don't be, don't be making any changes. But Steelers' offense is. Ugh. 28th in the league in points for. They're scoring fewer than 17 points a game. That's not going to cut it. Fortunately for them, they're 7th in the league in points against. So, 
they're going to be competitive in games. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not exactly the smartest man in the world, but I, I do understand that 20 is always going to be greater than 17. So, if you're constantly giving up close to 20, but you're only scoring 17, <laughs> that's not good. And they're pretty much middle of the road. They're exactly 16th. They're exactly halfway in terms of rushing yards. Now, Jalen Warren seems to be taking the position from Najee Harris, which is fine. Because yeah. Najee Harris has not been good. Right. He's not been good in Pittsburgh. We thought he would be coming out of Alabama. He's not. We thought Kenny Pickett was going to be good out of Pittsburgh. He's shown flashes. Now, it's a two-headed monster. Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner are going to share the coordinator duty. So, Mike Sullivan has previous play-calling ability. He's had that when he was with the Giants. So, he has experience doing it. We'll see if it makes a difference. I would hope so. Anything, right? Just open the playbook up. Get more creative. Do something. Try something. Yeah, you don't have Deontay Johnson. Yeah, you don't have Pat Fryermuth. Get creative. Figure it out. What does Kenny Pickett do well? Accentuate that. If Jalen Warren is your guy, then Jalen Warren is your guy. You have a seat, you know. Have a seat, Najee, and we'll figure out how to use you. So... This has been coming for a long time, and I'm surprised that it didn't come sooner. And I'm pretty sure that if Mike Tomlin continued to let this fester, he would have lost the locker room. It's that bad. It's been multiple seasons now where Matt yeah. Canada has been. Oh, yeah, he didn't out. even get along with Big Ben. Yeah, no, Ben couldn't stand it. Yeah. When you have fans at other sporting events, Channing Fire Canada. That's a problem. They were at the Pittsburgh Penguin game. Yeah. Channing Fire Canada. I heard that. Like, what, what more do you need to know, coach? Like, I, I understand you're a proud man and you don't want to deal with these things in, in house in season. But sometimes it gets so big that it needs to be done. And kudos to Mike Tomlin for finally pulling the trigger. But I don't know if it's sustainable. I really don't know if their playoff spot is sustainable because the Broncos are playing so well and the Steelers can't score. At the end of the day, you're going to have to score. The defense can't be doing the scoring for you. You have to get the ball into the end zone if you're Kenny Pickett. The bottom line. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's it's weird for me. I mean, you you see what's going on in New York, and and we're all saying, you know, blame Hackett, you know, fire Hackett, and they're not firing Hackett. And and with New York, it's just like, well, you know, are their players good enough? And I never liked Matt Canada, um, but I I do wonder how much of this is Pickett, um. So we're going to find out because um, the Pittsburgh Steelers who have talent, but I do think that they need to be more of the running team to set up the pass. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Pickett is just, 
he to me he's very inconsistent. He sails the ball a lot, a lot, and he misses guys, man. And that that does that's not schemesy. Like that's just where are you throwing the football, man? Like so I don't know I don't know how much of that is Canada, but um we're gonna find out. And it's interesting because I was just on vacation for the holiday. And I happened to run into some Pittsburgh Steelers fans, and they were overjoyed that Matt, that Canada was gone. But they also think it's time for Tomlin to go. At least the group wow. that I was talking to. Yeah. And I was like, you do understand that, like, he's a highly regarded coach, and he'd probably get a job tomorrow. And their answer was they just thought it was time. You know, it was just time. It was time for a new voice. It was time for a new way of do- of doing things. I'm not sure how likely that is to happen because to me, I mean, I've never thought of Mike Tomlin as a world beater. I do. You know, I don't don't know if he's a, he's a good coach. I don't know if he's a great coach. Um, I never thought, looked at the Pittsburgh Steelers as underachievers, but I think it's impressive what he was able to do this year, taking a team that has been outgained, outscored, but still finding ways to win. And that's really the job of a coach, right? That's, that's you're trying to get the best out of your players and despite their their shortcomings individually and as a group they still win games and i'm still kind of in shock that people would want to would consider mike tomlin yeah you know like think about the think about the stability of the pittsburgh steelers franchise right you seamlessly went from Chuck Noll to Bill Cower and from Bill Cower to Mike Tom. Right? Right. And that is amazing. It's an amazing level of stability within an organization. And are you, you're willing, that shows your willingness to be just like everybody else. Right? I think it's very interesting that people are willing to do that because you know, the Steelers took a huge chance on Mike Tomlin. He wasn't even a coordinator. A 35-year-old, I think, linebacker's coach. So, like, that that's pretty, like, it's pretty amazing that they would be willing to, like, part with him. And considering the landscape of the NFL, you're not going to do better. I really don't think you're going to do better. I don't think there's a you know, there's a hot shot coordinator candidate out there. I don't even think there's a, a hot shot, well-respected position coach out there who can go and do what Tomlin does. But the transition from Ben to Pickett has not been smooth. I think we're in agreement on that. And there are some similarities in the way that they play. Pickett is just much smaller, and he doesn't, he just doesn't have, like, the zip, like, he's got, he he doesn't, he doesn't have what Ben had, but the intangible that Ben had, and, I mean, he still has time on his rookie contract, and it's possible the new coordinator can kind of play to his strength a little bit, but, I mean, as far as... Yeah, I think that they're 
I think it was too little too late and I think they're just going to be on the outside looking in. Step outside of your safe area and make a statement without saying much with FCK Clout Lifestyle Apparel. Embrace the colorful chaos and stay emotionally regulated in their hoodies, snapbacks, graphic tees, accessories, and more. Season 3 merch is up now. Get it while you can. Go to fckclout.com and get all of your needs from men and women. That's fckclout.com. Speaking of on the outside looking in, we're about to go through the looking glass here, people. Over to the hardwood. As fan behavior is once again under scrutiny. This time by a coach. Greg Polovich took the Spurs fans to task regarding their booing of former player and champion Kawhi Leonard. Popovich went as far as getting on the house mic and chastising the fans, saying they're not, it's not classy and they're better than that. So this incident and Pop's general demeanor, particularly towards the media, has caused a backlash and called into question the fans' right to boo an opposing player that requested to leave a team and that request was subsequently granted. So does Pop have a right to tell fans how to behave? No. No. Not at all. Especially for how much you know people pay for tickets these days. I don't really see how you could how you could do that. So, you know, I, I get, and I get where fans are coming from. Like Kawhi Leonard was supposed to be the future of the San Antonio Spurs. And he got hurt. He requested out. He went to Toronto, won a championship. Now he's in LA. It's okay for fans to be upset with him over that. over And they'd be upset with the way the organization treated him and be upset for how everything happened and because the, the Spurs have been trash ever since he left. Yeah, they just landed Wemby, but that's going to be a project. And, you know, I get what Pop's saying, but, I mean, he's... Kawhi Leonard is not Derek... I don't want to compare him to Derek Jeter, but he's not Tom Brady. He's not Michael Jordan. He's not Shaq. Like he's gonna get he he's gonna get booed. Now a place he won't get booed is Toronto. Mm. He won't get booed in Toronto. But you know there's a certain expectation for players that play in San Antonio, the Tim Duncans, the Tony Parkers, the uh, Manu Ginobili's, and the way he exited there, they're allowed to be upset. I think it's definitely the the wanting out that that's a big factor for me right? I'm, I'm in agreement with you he did not leave via free agency right? it became very very readily apparent that he did not want to be there anymore he facilitated his way out he hardened his way out of there yeah yeah the only difference between him and James Harden is that James Harden had one shit why <laughs> Leonard actually delivered on the promise and he did the thing but you know 
hand, fans pay their hard-earned money, and they have the right to express their dissatisfaction with their team. They absolutely have that right. If they were throwing things on the court, if they were like chanting racial epithets, if they were doing anything of that nature, I would be a hundred percent with Coach. Or, yeah, or throwing things on the court. Yeah. Yeah, something like if they were going that far, absolutely. I you know can't have that. Be classy. Be better than that. But to boo a guy, to boo a guy that specifically requested to leave. I'm sorry, that's completely fair. Right? That is absolutely completely fair. And for Greg Popovich to dictate that behavior or try to dictate how fans should comport themselves is just another level of control. Because he always he also tries to tell the media how to ask questions. Like what or what topics to cover. Like this is you know, this is on par. This is absolutely on par. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a professional. He can, he can handle it. He can compartmentalize if he's being booed. Hell, Kawhi Leonard may get extra fuel from the fire. Right? He seems to be that kind of guy. Well, that's what, that's what Pop was saying. It's like, you know, he didn't want, he felt that their booing was going to fuel him. You know, he knows, he felt like he knew how Kawhi operated, and he didn't want Kawhi to feed off of that. Play better. <laughs> That's it. You guys are 3-13. and 13. Fucking coach better, fucking play better. That's it, and that's all. Because now, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Kawhi as a player? No, we're talking about you chastising the fans and telling the fans what to do it's just ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous what could it have provided him a competitive advantage possibly he also could have pulled his hamstring he would have been out again so if ifs and buts were candies and nuts right so you don't do it you just, it's a bad look because now you look like a, a freaking control freak which most professional coaches are. That's how they get to where they are. But you peel back the layer, and now people can see what you really are. And, yeah, I, I don't think he ingratiated himself well. It certainly didn't work. And you've made this all about you. I'm sure that wasn't, well, Actually, I'm not that sure that it wasn't his intention. But, I mean, having it, having it all on him definitely takes away, takes the sting out of the fact that they're 3-13 and 13 with the supposed generational talent. So, the Spurs will move on from this. The Spurs will get better from this. But, Greg Popovich, you were talking about poking the bear. Don't poke the media bear. Don't poke the fan bear at the end of the day. Because that that usually turns out pretty bad. 
to take your own advice and don't poke the bear. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Bullshit or no shit, we're going to debate this week's most controversial sports topics right now. boys and girls, we have a statement. It's either bullshit or no shit. And here we go. Bullshit or no shit. Number one, Scott Foster should never rep another game Chris Paul played. Oh, see, I don't know about all that. That seems a little crazy. I'm going to say bullshit. Like, you know what? Chris Paul can be an irritant, and when the refs when the referee says it enough, it's enough, man. Like you want to complain about a call, fine. Referee will go back and forth with you a little bit, maybe, but at some point, enough's enough. And you can see you can see Foster saying enough, stop, enough, tech. And then it's like he wanted to keep carrying on. All right, you're out. And then it's just Kerr wanted to get into it. Technical for you. At some point, refs are human. And you can argue. I have no problem with you arguing a call. But let it go. Like, he's not going to change the call. And can we talk about the Warriors for a second? They're in a lot of trouble, man. Like, Clay Thompson. I don't know if they can trade him. I don't know what kind of message that sends. But dude is, dude is not playing well. I mean, he's only averaging like 15 points a game. His shooting percentage is down on threes and field goals. He's just, he's after, his two leg injuries are starting to show. And, you know, in the beginning of the season, I thought this was like a high 40 team win team. Like I thought maybe a sixth seed, fifth seed. Now they're just too small. Like, you know when you when they play against Jokic and they play against even the kid on the the Thunder Holmgren, like they're getting dominated. They're just too small. They they're looking like a playing team right now, unless they make some serious moves. I'm gonna say it's bullshit as well. I mean, at some point there does have to be a modicum of self control. And at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. You know who's wrecking the game. Right. Like, shut, you know, shut up. Right. At some point, you need to stop and you need to take into account that, all right, this is what's happened, right? I've lost 14 consecutive games with that this guy's rep. And 
he's got a hard on for me, so I'm going to be like under the microscope. Right. So right. it, it, you know, saying that Scott Foster can never rest is abdicating Chris Paul of all responsibility and all, you know, personal and professional behavior. But the Warriors and the Clippers are the two most disappointing teams, particularly in that division, right? Golden State eight and nine. The Clippers are six and eight. They're digging out. They're digging out after the whole James Harden trade. Good for them. <laughs> Remember, they were three and one. Good for them. Good for them. They were three and one when they made that trade. Remember that. But they're only, you know, the Warriors are averaging 27.96 per game, 46 rebounds per game. You need to be more physical, right? Now, physical for them, that's a problem, right? Because the physical for them is Draymond. And Draymond, when he's physical, he's usually going to sit for five games after he gets physical. <laughs> so, Jonathan Kaminga has not come along how they thought. Kayvon Looney is not where he needs to be. They're probably going to have to go for a big. I don't know how that. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, Dario Saric is also on this team, but he's not that great either. So. I don't know if it's Clay that gets moved, or like, I don't know who's going to fetch you that big that you need in order to get on the glass and stick with these other teams that have talented bigs. Like Jokic is going to just eat them alive, otherwise. Yeah. But you know, I, I really. Yeah, I don't see where the move is. I mean, to me, it's probably it's either Clay Thompson or Andrew Wiggins. Like one of the two. Like somebody's gonna have to go to move. And I don't yeah. know what's going on with Wiggins too, man. He's just not himself. Uh, what's going on over there? Or maybe this is what Wiggins always was, man. Yeah. Like that, that maybe the past couple seasons have been the outlier. I don't yeah. know that, but that, one or the other is gonna have to move. They're gonna have to bring in somebody who's a more physical defensive force and I think that you know that's definitely going to be a uh, that's definitely going to be a factor in their climb out of the, the doldrums here but Chris Paul like leave Scott Foster alone <laughs> just stay at just hello Mr. Foster how are you how's the wife and kids you know just, just be cordial and just just play your game. Don't punch anybody in the nuts when he is there. Sounds like a good idea. Sounds like a fantastic win-win situation for everybody. Bullshit or no shit number two. Mike Trout will be traded before Juan Soto. Bullshit. And the only reason why is because Juan Soto is going to get traded before the season starts. And Mike Trout is going to go to the Phillies right after the All-Star break. I'm going to say barely bullshit. It's going to be close because 
you're going to have to do a lot of finagling. You're going to do a lot of negotiating with Terry Manassi. Mike Trout makes a shit ton of money. He gets hurt an awful lot. And if I'm a rival GM, right? If, if I'm a GM that's going to take on this salary and take on this player, I'm not giving you my top prospect. I'm not doing that. For what? The supposed best player in baseball who barely plays, what, 40 games a year, 50 games a year? If I'm only going to get a guy who's going to play 50 games a year, I'll go trade for Giancarlo Stanton. You know, I won't have to give up the prospect hall. It's going to take a little bit more wrangling. I think more players are going to have to be moved. I know there was a rumor, like a, a kicked around deal, where Castellanos would go from Philly to the Angels. I like that. I, I actually like that. But I think it's going to take a little bit more work than a Juan Soto trade. Soto, I mean, the Yankees line up well. Will they do the trick? Is the question. The, the Yankees line up very well in terms of prospects. And they have the need because Jason Dominguez is hurt. So they're definitely going to need a guy. I mean, Cody Bellinger, you hear reports that the Yankees aren't as enamored with him as we thought they'd be, which I find very interesting. But they are both going to get traded. Absolutely, that both of these guys are going to be moved. It feels like a fait accompli that these guys are gone. I mean, Juan Soto definitely. But it's going to be. I think it's going to be winter meetings for Soto. I don't think it's going to be trade deadline. I think they're going to want to move Trout before the season starts. I think it'll probably be, twist my arm, probably early January. I think that could be the earliest it could possibly be, because you want to get that settled out of the way, so you can have him in spring training, have the whole circus. I, I think that's going to benefit everybody in the long run. And the longer it festers, also, the more time you're giving Trout to get hurt. Because that train is never, and the rock means never, late. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to the Fade Store with DNZ.com today for all your Fade Route merch needs. I'm talking tank tops, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like yoga pants, we got those too. Like some cool accessories, we got those too. And we're not done yet. We have so much more planned for you, but check out what we have today at the Fade Store with DNZ.com. That's the Fade Store with DNZ.com. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award.
girls, you know what time it is. It's time for your budget superstar of the week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our X account at FadeRoutDNZ and you vote and you vote and you vote and, the, and you vote. And the winner of said vote gets a shout out on this here show and takes home the coveted ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week? No. Draymond. One, Mr. Draymond Green. I hope yoking Rudy Gobert and trying to choke him out was worth it. He got spoofed on SNL. It was very funny. They did a spoof of him on Weekend Update. It was actually quite good. I wasn't trying to choke him out. I was trying to kill him. (laughs) So, that's fantastic. But that was last, last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for Legend Superstar of the Week, D? All right, all right, all right. First up, oh, it hasn't been that long, but. <laughs> <laughs> First up, I'm going with Robert Sala. That we can go is. on and on about the Jets' offense and Zach Wilson, but dude, the Dolphins had the ball for 35 minutes and only punted once. You're 15 and 30 as a head coach, meaning your your winning percentage is 250. You decide to throw a hail mary before the half and gave up a 99 yard pick six. Okay. Robert Sala, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, your buddy Joe Douglas. Oh, we're so far removed from you guys hugging and kissing on the sideline after beating the Eagles. The Dolphins scored two more touchdowns. <laughs> the Dolphins scored more touchdowns against the Broncos than the Jets have scored all season. Oh, my God. Alan Lazard, the big wide receiver for Agent Joe, was so proud that he signed was a healthy scratch. Man, the offensive coordinator, Hackett's probably the worst in the league. I believe uh, Randall Cobb has less than 12 receptions for less than 30 yards. Tim Boyle is not only the worst backup quarterback in the league, but he's probably the worst quarterback in the league. On Black Friday, you decided to pull the plug on Zach Wilson, demote him to third string, and start Tim Boyle. Why now? Why now? Against a division opponent of all things. Joe Douglas, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And the last one... My last alleged superstar of the week is Coach Day of the Buckeyes. Congrats to you and the Big Ten for getting Jim Harbaugh off the sideline the last few weeks, especially against today's game against Michigan. Oh, you still lost. You (laughs) lost to Michigan when they didn't even have their head coach. Mr. Day, Coach Day, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Z? It's not like he was having a bad day. Uh, so those are good, all great, great choices. Great, great choices. I'm going to start with Serginio Dest. Trinidad and Tobago. U.S. Men's National Team. You flip your shit and get a red card. Kicking the ball, going after the ref. Just absolutely melting down on the sideline. Complete and utter failure as a professional. And on top of that, 
the U.S. loses 2-1 to Trinidad and Tobago. Who apparently is our greatest football rival. Forget Canada. Forget Mexico. The U.S. cannot beat Trinidad and Tobago. It's unbelievable. Are you kidding me? Trinidad and Tobago. I think Rhode Island has more uh, a greater population than Trinidad and Tobago. And Serginio Dest, you could not keep your cool long enough to get out of this unscathed. Serginio Dest, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, Greg Popovich. Getting on the mic chastising Spurs fans trying to get them to stop booing Kawhi Leonard why let the fans express what they want to express it shows little faith in your team by the way that you think so little of them that this is going to poke the bear and they're going to you know Clippers are just gonna now gonna run through the Spurs. Well, coach them better. Coach them better. Don't lecture the fans. Coach better. Greg Popovich, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, University of Colorado. Started out so promising. Talked all that shit. Had all that swag. It turned out at the end. Believe you lost eight of your last nine games. Even your most ardent of supporters. Crickets, man. Absolutely dead silent. This is year one. You should be proud of it. You won one game last year, right? You had a 400% improvement. Good. Absolutely. But this is where you should have been. Instead of all the glitz and the glamour and the hoopla and the RG3 talking them up and the Booger McFarlane talking them up and everybody talking them up. To where, oh, can they... Can they turn it around and be legitimate playoff contenders? Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. It was a textbook case of too much too soon. Now we'll see. You had 86 guys come through that transfer portal this year. Let's see if Coach Crime can keep this trajectory. Or if he's going to go back to the transfer portal and start getting even more dudes. But take this one on the chin. University of Colorado, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to our X account at Fade Route DNZ and vote. And vote and vote and vote. And for our nominee. Just do better, boys. Just do better. This has been The Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on iTunes, iHeartRadio, 
Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.